What's up, everybody? Welcome to our premiere episode of the My Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, head of content at Whistle. Today in our first episode, we're going to talk with Jay Shemensky, who is the senior lead of North American marketing at Under Armour. Uh, we have about a half hour conversation about how Jay ended up working in sports, what life is like day to day working at a brand like Under Armour, what trends he sees taking hold in sports media and sports marketing as we wrap up 2019 and head into 2020, and what motivates him day to day on the job. So if you have any interest in working in sports or just a general interest in sports media and sports marketing, you're definitely going to enjoy this conversation. Jay has a really interesting story that brought him to ending up at Under Armour. And that's the kind of conversations we're going to try to be having here on the My Hustle podcast. We're going to mix and match between people who are established professionals which in the, within the field of sports and sports media and sports marketing. We're also going to have conversations with different entrepreneurs uh, who we've documented within our own video series at Whistle, My Hustle. So it's a newly launched podcast. We're on the No Days Off feed. You already heard the No Days Off episode on this feed. If you haven't, you'll get one every single week. So our necessary reminder, subscribe, rate, review, hit us with those five-star ratings. Tell us who you want to hear conversations with. We're trying to cast a really wide net of different interesting people from different backgrounds to have these type of in-depth discussions with people who have built their businesses from scratch and people who have plugged in and became successful at some of the biggest sports media brands in the world. We're going to jump into our conversation with Jay now. Make sure to check back next week for both a new episode of No Days Off and a new episode of My Hustle. And we are now joined by today's guest, Jay Shemensky, Senior Lead of North American Marketing at Under Armour. Jay, how you doing today? Thank you for taking the time for joining us. Yeah, thanks. Doing well. Happy to be here. So I want to dive right into it. How did you first get yourself to be working in sports? You work at one of the most prominent sports brands in the country. How does someone build a path to end up working at a place like Under Armour? Yeah, I mean, there are a multitude of paths you can take. Uh, for myself, it was a little, I'd say, nonlinear, a little non-traditional. Uh, this wasn't really what I was going after when, you know, I first left school or uh, even when I really knew what I wanted to be doing. Um, when I left undergrad, I played lacrosse in college and I was a history major. <laughs> Doesn't really line up a, a job for you um, right out of school. So I ended up taking a position to coach and play lacrosse in Europe and really saw it as a way to travel and just get a little bit more experience and figure out really what I wanted to be uh, doing in life. Uh, and so I did that for, for a year and coming back, when I came back to the States, I still was kind of in that indecisive, uh, didn't really have our indecisive mode, didn't really have a direction that I wanted to, to head into um, and ended up really leaning a little bit back on my education and thinking about uh, what I could be doing in terms of like political science um, and history and moved into an advocacy role with a nonprofit and was really with stayed within the nonprofit space. And as I was working um, in government relations, one of the big priorities that we had was how do we engage constituents and um, the people that we were working on the behalf of to really become part 
of the legislative process and really become um, advocates in their own right. And one way of doing that, and it was around, uh, say, the, the early to mid-2000s, um, was through digital, digital, excuse me, digital advocacy. Um, and so I got really started to get involved in uh, early email marketing, social media marketing, um, and really, you know, digital marketing as it existed at that point to support advocacy work um, and fundraising. And so I started to really move through different nonprofits, starting to broaden out uh, my experience across each one of those channels. Um, and at a certain point, I was in my you know, mid to late 20s, really taking stock of where I was within my career, what I wanted to be doing, where I wanted to be going. And I actually remember this like <laughs> really clearly, um, I was in France and Switzerland, uh, lucky me, for the Euros um, over the summer of, man, what would have, what would have been 2016, I think. Um, and that, that kind of provided uh, a place for me to step back and think about where my career was going. And I really liked being within um, digital marketing, the digital marketing space. But I was like, you know, what's that other thing that's really driving me that I'm really interested in? Um, and I'd be interested in to just kind of be involved with no matter, no matter what, like what are, um, you know, what are my passion areas? And that's where I really drew back on, on sports and really like the performance um, apparel space. And at that point, that's when I was like, all right, when I get back, I'm going <laughs> to try to get a job with, you know, with Under Armour or Adidas or Nike or, you know, any of the, the big brands. Um, and didn't really go very far <laughs> with that. Um, so again, I kind of took stock and, and said, and thought about what am I, what am I missing and what would make me uh, a more appealing candidate, more well-rounded candidate and decided to go kind of through the, um, marketing agency route. Uh, and at the time I was living in Boston, so applied to different jobs, um, with agencies within the Boston area, ended up getting, um, a position with a creative agency. Uh, in Boston. And that was, I would say, very eye-opening. That was where I started to get more exposure into broader brand planning, broader communication planning, broader marketing planning, um, working on tactics outside of just digital, um, thinking of you know, broadcast and print um, and a little bit more traditional things that I didn't have exposure to before, working with bigger brands and bigger budgets. Um, and so that was always going to be kind of a learning experience for me and a stepping stone. And after getting some time in, in agency life and I think really seeing um, the variety of business challenges that you get by working in agencies. Um, and like I said before, like a little bit more of that broader exposure, uh, you know, really kept my, my eye open for different positions within the sports apparel industry um, and within kind of sports in general um and you know saw a few that really fit and were really interesting uh here at under armor and then uh with some of our other competitors and as i went through the process um this one with under armor really stuck and it was really it's a really interesting brand we're at a, a very um compelling point of kind of the maturation process um of the brand and how we grow and, and where we go from the point that we're at and i even remember um, like I said before, you know, playing lacrosse, 
uh, in high school and I grew up in New England. So the season starts and it's cold and gross and uh, snowy and slushy. And I remember still like the first uh, cold gear Under Armour uh, shirt that I actually borrowed from a teammate and borrowed for like three years. <laughs> um, that was like, it was mind blowing. Um, it was something completely different a technology that like just never existed before. Um, and so being able to come over to the, this brand and kind of take that, that passion and that experience uh, with me was, was really exciting. Um, and that's really, you know, in a nutshell, in a long nutshell, um, how I navigate, navigated my way over to Under Armour and, and being within the space. Yeah, look, it's always interesting to hear the different paths that people take to ultimately end up working in sports, particularly people who grew up playing sports and are, are passionate about it. When you sort of made that mid-career transition, and I could empathize because I did something similar. I also started out working in nonprofit before I worked in sports full-time. What were some of the things that surprised you when you actually got into the industry? And you know, was it something that you sort of glamorized in your head that, oh, working in sports is going to always be like this, this, and this, and you were surprised by anything when you transitioned into really a, a completely different career trajectory, even if it was something that you've had a lifelong passion about? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a couple of things that surprised me, and I, I don't know if they're uh, Under Armour specific things or if it's the industry at large. Um, one is it's the, the pace and the speed that, that we work at, um, you know, coming from an agency, I remember kind of the, let's say the step up to uh, going to agency life was, um, was much faster and, you know, juggling a lot more than when I was in the nonprofit, um, the nonprofit space. And at that point, you know, little did I know, I, I was kind of thinking like, man, you know, if I, if I can handle this, then, you know, I can definitely, um, take on any other challenges or even, you know, going back to a, a, the brand side or being on the brand, that's going to be a little bit more of a, a slower pace can um, ease into things a bit more. And uh, that definitely hasn't been the case. <laughs> I would say um, if anything, you know, the pace and, and everything that, that we're handling here um, is quicker and faster. Um, but I mean, I, I and I, you know, I say that, but I also do think it, it is in a good way and it's in a fun way and it's, it's a challenge. Um, and I think this, this space overall is, is challenging and it's competitive. And, you know, I, I think it can be a little trite to, to say it's competitive because you are within the sports industry and everything is a parallel to sports analogies and that, that lifestyle. Um, but I think that's, that's the other component um, that, I think surprised me in that I didn't even even expect it to be to the degree that it is, just like how competitive it is. Um, and you're you know, you're constantly working with athletes who are competitive, coworkers who are competitive, and then you have your competitors who are in the same um, in the same space and the same mentality. Uh, so I think those two things were were some of the surprises. But I will say, you know, they've been they've been welcomed, and it's it's nice to be in a place where um, that's how people view work and that's how, um, you kind of view, uh, moving forward in the industry that you're in. Along those same lines, 
what does a normal day of work look like for you? What is there a lot of travel involved? Do you spend most of your time in the office and meetings? What what is a normal, let's just say, you know, Tuesday look like for you with how your role has evolved overall at Under Armour? Yeah, I mean, I'm not tra- I don't travel as much as let's say our sports marketing, um, our sports marketing colleagues, or um, you know, people who are really heavily involved with um, different schools or different athletes um, or uh, even like different selling channels or accounts where, you know, if you're working with, let's say Dick's Sporting Goods, you might be heading out to uh, their headquarters pretty frequently and, and having meetings and so on. Um, I'm pretty, pretty, uh, I'm based here in Baltimore. Um, I'm here most of the time, unless there is like kind of an event or, uh, meetings with partners or agencies and so on. Um, but I'd say, you know, my days in general, uh, because I am working, working within marketing, um, you know, you touch really three main, let's say, categories uh, or components um, of any sort of campaign, whether it's product or brand or so on. Um, and that's really, you know, the planning stage. So there's a lot that we'll be working on. Um, for the seasons that are upcoming and planning our, our pulling together, really our go-to-market plans. And that's where you're pulling and looking at, um, you know, your consumer research, past campaign performance, um, kind of mar- doing your market research, um, learning a little bit more about the product and um, the features of the products and how those align with your, your customers and consumers. Um, and then, you know, thinking about the different channels you're going to reach them on and, and building that out over um, over the length of your campaign um, or even over, you know, if we're thinking of things that are kind of like always on over the course of the year um, and working with your, your budgets and budget management and so on. And so that's, that's kind of one piece. And then, of course, move into the executional phase um, and making sure that everything is executed on time, on budget, you know, and you're working with um, all the different um, teams and the, in, the integrated teams that we use to to bring things to life. So, you know, that can be anything from, you know, in my instance, and thinking about um, basketball, and that's the category that, that I work on the most. Um, if particular products are being seeded out to teams um, at, you know, grassroots level, high school level, college level, and then what our um, players are wearing, in the NBA, and then that's, you know, that can be one piece all the way through um, our PR plans to um, the different partnerships that we have with the NBA or custom executions and activations that we have going on uh, throughout the year. And then the last piece that is kind of happening concurrently is the the reporting and the data pooling and and really um, assessing and optimizing um, campaigns as they're going, um, and then hindsighting um, back on previous performance and then using that to inform um, future campaigns as well. And so it's always kind of a, a dance between um, different campaigns and really the balance of um, those three main components. We're heading towards the end of the year here. As we look ahead to 2020, is there any particular trends that you see on the horizon when it comes to the wider space of marketing and advertising uh, in the sports apparel space and just in the sports space in general? Is there anything that 
really stood out to you as a particular lesson uh, in 2019 that you'll keep in mind going forward into 2020? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest lessons, and it's, it's been interesting to, um, to just see how, let's say, the marketing communications um, space has evolved and just the media landscape has, has evolved as it's become a little more democratized, as it's become um, more fractured. You know, we're not um, in the days where, you know, you build an entire campaign around your, you know, your TV spot and then just spending as much money as you can to drown out competitors and um, hit your reach and frequency goals and, and kind of call it a day. Um, I think where there are a multitude of trends that are kind of all converging on top of each other. I think one that's been kind of interesting is even, even as I just said, we've moved away from um, how that traditional planning process worked. Um, there has been a little bit of a resurgence in things like um, out-of-home um, advertising, so billboards, um, taxi cabs, you know, anything that um, engages people out in the world that they live in. Um, I think that has been something that kind of breaks with or breaks from, um, you know, the, the digital advertising and, and paid social and so on that has just become kind of a, a dime a dozen <laughs> in a way. Um, it doesn't cut cut through as much, um, and really kind of a, a transition back to that tactile um, value that, that I think people kind of got. Um, if you're if you're even considering um, things that were, I don't know, I, you know, kind of popular or um, reminiscent of, I don't know, even like the early '90s. So I think. Um, you know, magazines, the, the thick, um, highly produced, you know, magazines are kind of coming back or um, in, in some sort of way. And I, I don't even mean this as like a branding or marketing exercise or something that a brand would tap into, but just kind of general cultural things. And you can see it with, I think, a trend over the past five or six years from like a music standpoint and the return of a vinyl um, and things that people can kind of gravitate toward and collect and, um, and hold and appreciate. Um, I think that's a little bit of a backlash against um, some, of, some of how we've moved into this digital age. Um, but then there are also you know, even ways to integrate into, um, into digital and, and using that and leveraging it to really make a unique experience and do something that adds value for a consumer and for an audience. Um, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's really um, the biggest and best way to break through is um, what, what can you be doing that creates a unique experience or, um, you know, makes an experience um, in some ways like more authentic, um, you know, even if you're thinking about entering into things like gaming, <laughs> um, it's kind of interesting. I was the other day kind of messing around on, on NBA 2K and being able to, if you're, um, if you're creating a new team or something like that, you're building out your arena and you can add in um, different advertising, advertising sections, and even thinking about the shoes that 
that guys are wearing in the game. You know, it's more authentic if it is a, a Nike shoe or an Adidas shoe, an Under Armour shoe, than just something generic. So where, where are those pockets that your brand, by either advertising or integrating, creates something that is a little bit more authentic or a little bit more legitimate or, um, you know, adds entertainment or credibility value um, to an experience? Um, so I don't know. I mean, those, I just went off on a, a wild tangent there covered <laughs> about, uh, four or five different things. But, um, I think ultimately if you're, if you're thinking about where the media landscape has shifted, if you're playing within that, you need to bring something to the table that is unique and interesting, um, and adds value for a consumer. And that can be just a highly emotive or entertaining TV spot, like the tactic doesn't really matter. It's what you're doing with that tactic um, that that stands out. And then on the other hand, you know, you can kind of cut against um, the move to digital and where are ways that you can stand out because you're doing something different, because it's hearkening back to um, a different time or pulling on cultural trends that are becoming more relevant as a backlash to the way that um, to the way that I guess the world's moving in a sense. Um, and that's what I think we're kind of seeing with like the rise of 90s nostalgia um, and the rise of limited time pop-ups um, and experiences and, and things like that. So I don't know. That's what I got. <laughs> no, look, I don't disagree. I think you're going to see people continue to push to uh, new and more innovative ways to try to stand out in a crowded space. And a lot of times that is just going back to things that had worked previously, even if it was, you know, from a perceived different generation. I think there's a lot of different ways to reach consumers and people are never shy uh, to be nostalgic about things that they have, have had from when they were younger. You've been at Under Armour for, could you speak to how long you've been at Under Armour and from your time there, how would you best summarize what your guy's brand is? And do you think there's any sort of misperceptions around it that maybe you had prior to you actually working there and being involved with the overall products that you'd want to speak to? Yeah, I mean, so I came to Under Armour um, in March of, so for in 2019, March 2018. <laughs> so been here for a year, um, in eight months or so, um, math, not a strong suit on my side. So, um, it may be a little bit more, maybe a little bit less than that, but, um, that's a general, general time frame. Um, I think, you know, definitely coming in to a time where, you know, one thing that's, that's really interesting about Under Armour is it's still a rel relatively young brand. And in some ways, you know, we are kind of going through, as I said, in the very, very beginning, you know, a maturation process. And, um, you know, Under Armour has been around for, give or take, you know, 20 years or so. Um, and compared to, you know, some of the others in the space, that's in the space, you know, that's really not all that long. Um, and to really skyrocket in the way that we did in such a, a short period of time is, is an incredible thing for any brand to do. Um, but then I think we've, we've kind of hit that hit that point where, um, you know, in some ways we are, um, I, I, I don't want to say reassessing the brand, we're not reassessing the brand, but almost kind of getting back to, to our roots and, um, 
to who we are as, as a core brand and, and the fact that we're all here, you know, everyone that that's here at, at Under Armour is really supporting the desire to make athletes better. And, and everything that we're putting forward is to help athletes perform better and to be able to, you know, conquer whatever they're trying, trying to conquer. And that can be anything from, um, a mother who just gave birth and wants to get back um, back into shape and, and running or um, to a world champion boxer like Anthony Joshua or, you know, Stephen Curry getting back in the court or um, Tom Brady trying to get back to Super Bowl or, you know, Auburn just beating Alabama <laughs> in the Iron Bowl. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, that's our, that's our guiding principle and that's, that's our North star. And I think over the past, um, year and a half or so, I've really seen, um, the brand consolidate, I don't want to say, not necessarily consolidate, but really focus and sharpen, um, our POV to really align behind that. You know, we're here to support, um, the athletes and, um, the people who are trying to give it their all um, every day and make them better. And that, you know, that's what defines this brand. And, and that's what um, we're really rallying behind as we head into 2020. Final question before we let you go. What would you say motivates you most day-to-day going to work as you're heading into, you know, 2020 and another year of working on building uh, alongside your team and building for your brand, what what is your primary motivation every day going going in? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think it's some of the stuff that we talk about. I mean, having a competitive uh, personality and and just kind of where I'm coming from um, personally. You know, I want. I mean, even to what. I think I was even saying a little bit in that last answer is like, I want to be getting better every day and I want to be um, working at, at a higher level um, every single day, continuing to improve. And that, I think in a lot of ways that really uh, drives me, I think the, and then especially working within um, in marketing and in a space that's constantly evolving and there are different challenges to meet and, um, different objectives <laughs> to achieve, um, you know, that really drives me to and keeps me um, motivated. And I think, you know, stimulated and interested. Um, I, I really don't think I would enjoy being in a situation where you're just, you're, you're doing rote tasks and there's um, a comfort and stability and uh, I guess routine behind, behind the work. Um, I really like being able to, to have to be dynamic and have to, um, address different challenges and goals on, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, um, yearly basis. And then, you know, lastly, it's really, I'm believing in, um, in what you're doing and, and being passionate about, um, the brand and the products that, that I'm working on and, and that we're working on here at Under Armour. I think, you know, there's a ton of value that's coming out of, out of this company and this brand. Um, and, you know, we're providing a lot of value for um, athletes and, and our audiences. And, you know, that's exciting. Um, 
it's an exciting space. It's an exciting brand, and you know it's an exciting time to be here. Uh, and I think you know those are all the things that really kind of drive me forward. All right, Jay, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk with us today. Uh, glad we've been able to work together, uh, and we will talk soon. Hopefully, more uh, as we get later into the year in 2020. But thank you again for uh, taking the time for talking with us today. Yeah, for sure, it's fun. Appreciate it. And that will wrap episode one of My Hustle. Thank you again to Jay Shemensky of Under Armour for his time today for our conversation. Make sure to check back next week for a brand new episode of No Days Off, a brand new episode of My Hustle, both available here on the No Days Off feed. Please remember to subscribe, rate, review. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, every other place you get your podcasts. And of course, make sure to follow Whistle on Twitter, on YouTube, on Snapchat, on Instagram, on TikTok, on every social platform you could think of. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.